From Women, Food, and Agriculture Network, I'm Ash Bruxford, and this is the Plate to Politics podcast. Plate to Politics is WFAN's nationwide effort to support and strengthen the leadership role of women transforming our food system, from the federal agriculture policy agenda to what's on our family's dinner plate. This podcast provides audio leadership training to women engaged in healthy food and farming. You can download the resources mentioned in this podcast at wfan.org slash plate to politics. Okay. Um, well, thanks everybody for joining. And I think we're going to go ahead and get started uh, just at least doing the introductions part here because we have a full schedule uh, for today's webinar. And I'm really excited that you're all here. I think it's going to be awesome. And Patty, Angie, and Anna have all um, put together some really great information for us today. Uh, So in case you're wondering if you're in the right place or not, this is the Letters to the Editor 101 webinar um, as part of the Women, Food, and Agriculture Network's Plate to Politics program. I am Ash Bruxford, the uh, coordinator for the Plate to Politics program. And uh, today we have uh, board member Patty Edwardson and Anna Kruzik, and then former board member Angie Carter as well. And um, they're going to do introductions further down in the presentation to get to know them a little bit better later. Uh, So the mission of WFAN is to link and empower women to build food systems and communities that are healthy, just, sustainable, and that promote environmental integrity. Um, I know some of you who I am acquainted with on this phone call are women doing work in your own communities on food justice and um, building food systems, you know, that are fair for everybody. So we're really happy to have you on this call and really want to encourage you all through our Plate to Politics program to consider stepping up um, to lead in advocacy efforts or to run for office because we believe that um, we need to have more women's voices like yours at all levels of government to truly be able to uh, change the food system and the ways that it needs to be fixed. We know uh, those of us who work within the food system that agriculture is extremely policy driven. And so it's really important to have women at the table um, making an impact on those policies and having their voices heard on those policies. Women are 51% of the population, but only 17% of Congress, and we need more women leaders from the farmhouse to the White House. So uh, congrats to all of you today for taking the first step to just learn a little bit more about how to write letters to the editor, and we hope that you will take uh, everything that you learned today into your own communities and uh, make an impact there, and I'm sure that you all will. Today, uh, we're going to have a little bit of introductions from our speakers so we can hear a little bit about who they are and why they're talking to us today. Patty Edwardson is a farmer in Iowa, and she'll be talking about speaking up and speaking out, um, just some general tips and advice for writing letters to the editor. And uh, Anna Kruzik and Angie Carter will be talking about building grassroots power uh, through doing collaborative writing efforts. And then we'll have some time at the end for questions. Um, 
we're just going to keep on moving through here. If you have an urgent question, just go ahead and send it in the chat box and I will alert our speakers. Uh, but definitely want to make sure that we cover everything today because we do have a lot of really great info. Uh, so with that, I think I will go ahead and pass it over to Patty. Um, and if you think about it uh, while you're listening to her as well, you could let us know where you're coming from today in the chat box. Um, it'd just be interesting for me to know where everybody's joining us from. So Patty, I'm gonna go ahead and pass it over to you now. Great, thank you, Ash. Uh, I hope everyone can hear me. Uh, yes, I am Patty Edwardson. I farm in West, West Central Iowa. I also am a farm advocate and I consider myself an activist as well. I felt it was interesting as I uh, prepared for this webinar, I noticed that statement that, that Ash just read on a previous slide that states agriculture is policy driven. I think that's why I write letters to the editor and speak up and why it's so relevant for each of us to do so. Because instead of an agriculture system that's driven by policy, I believe we need to change our thinking. We need an agriculture policy that's driven by society's recognition of the importance of healthy food, an environment that is protected, and farmers and food workers who are respected and paid a living wage. And that's why letters to the editor are really important tools. So the purpose of a letter to the editor might be to persuade or to educate, to highlight an issue, to thank someone for making the right decisions or doing a good deed, to change the way your audience thinks about and views a particular issue. Uh, I, it seems to me that that is probably the most important thing that we can do with our letters to the editor, to change the way your audience thinks about and views a particular issue. And it also gives your audience the tools they need to think for themselves. But why put it in writing? I think it's important to use those, that power of words so people can see those words in print to be read again and again. And to write and edit, revise your thoughts. That way you can be a little bit more clear uh, about what those thoughts are. So to speak up and speak out for those who are unwilling and unable to speak up. I find that quite often that the people who have issues they want to speak about, but for some reason, for various reasons, they are unable to or unwilling to. And it's important for us who, who do take the challenge to speak up for them. And of course, to challenge that dominant narrative and uplift those unheard voices. I realize that that can be intimidating and even scary. So I have a few hints. Find your inspiration. Know your passion, your role models. For me, um, I like to read the words of other women and learn from their actions. I've listed just a few here. Uh, some of you probably recognize the names on this list, but there are so many, many more, including my colleagues here today, Ash, Angie, and Anna. They have done some incredible, one, incredibly wonderful things. And I know some of you, you all have um, women like this in your lives as well. There's also my mother. Um, she was a wonderful woman. Her concerns were for family, healthy for food, diversified and independent farmers. 
But when she had the courage to speak out about an industrial animal livestock um, confinement that was going to be put near our farm, she experienced animosity from the community. And that really did affect her for years, I believe. And I really felt that she, she needed support. She did find some support, but she could have used more support when she spoke out. So today I feel an obligation and a commitment to follow her actions and to remember her whenever I do speak out. And then there are the, um, the native Sioux the, uh, of North Dakota, Standing Rock. Um, this is an incredible photo that shows two lines of people. On the uh, upper left, it's the Standing Rock Sioux with their native and non-native allies. They are there peacefully and prayerfully um, speaking out against the, to protect our water and our, their sacred, sacred grounds. But there's another line of people there too in black. They are the uh, law enforcement officers who are there to uh, do their job. So I believe it's important, as I say here on the bottom of the picture, one line facing another, each with their own view. It's, it's important to remember who and what you are resisting. I think most of the time, it's not the individual doing a job, whether that's a farmer, a law enforcement officer, and probably even our elected officials that we, are, uh, up, that we feel that we're up against, but instead it's the system and the policies that we need to speak out against. Uh, it shouldn't be a, uh, something personal. Uh, the photo on the left in red and in Spanish is a photo that I took from a uh, t-shirt that a woman was wearing. She was from Venezuela and her uh, t-shirt says, we fight against capitalism and, and patriarchy and for our rights. I think that was an important uh, message because it shows that they are fighting a system the picture on the right then is of a tractorcade in Washington, D.C., where farmers were, were demonstrating against the policies that they felt were unfair to their, um, to their work. And that's um, an, another um, demonstration of what we can do to change the way people think about our policies and our system. One thing about writing letters to the editor or speaking about an issue um, repetition really helps. Uh, that way you can get your information across uh, helpfully, uh, more, more um, effectively. So um, here uh, I'm repeating that to change the way your audience thinks about and views an issue is one of the um, purposes of a letter to the editor. So I have two quotes here. One of them, the first one on the left is from Rosalinda Gielen, I do, probably don't pronounce her name right. I think she's currently a board member of Food First. Uh, she writes a lot about food sovereignty. And I did paraphrase um, her words here from some writing that uh, she had done. She talks about food sovereignty, but I think in, um, we, could, we could replace food sovereignty with so many issues like healthcare. Um, but she writes, Food sovereignty demands that we move out of that structural box and think as human beings of our own personal dignity and the dignity of our communities in a deeper transformative way. Again, changing the way we think. And of course, Albert Einstein also had a, a quote of similar. Yeah. 
His quote is, no problem can be solved with the same consciousness that created it. We need to see the world anew. So now let's get down to the basics. Um, you need, there are certain requirements for uh, a letter to the editor. Print media especially has some, res some restrictions, uh, especially with word count. Uh, you need to have uh, usually 150 to 250 words um, and no more than that. Uh, focus on one issue, include facts and data whenever you can, keep it positive, leave the reader with a positive action to take, pay attention to grammar, and then you can also find guidelines for each media outlet. Uh, you may be able to find them in the um, print, um, the, the newspaper or magazine, uh, whatever outlet you're looking at, or you might find them online, or you might have to call the outlet to find out what their specific guidelines are. And then you can also search online for even more detailed tips on how to write a letter to the editor. There's so much available for us to help us out. Online media I've found is a little bit less restrictive because they have generally have more space, they have more um, flexibility. So word count is usually less limiting. I've found that um, some of the online media here in my local area uh, let me write um, eight to 800 to 1,000 words without any problem. I can get, uh, although you, we can get to be too long. You want to make sure that um, your readers aren't getting lost in the, in the um, um, uh, writing that you have. Um, they're, they're, our attention span can sometimes be uh, short. We have time, time restrictions. So words are important. The word count is important, that is. Um, but if you do um, write a little bit longer, one issue can be expanded on. And then uh, through online media, they can be shared. Your writing can be shared through social media and reach an even broader audience. Um, I do recommend that you, use, you could use bullet points on longer letter to the editors for easier reading tips. And then uh, to ease the process and the anxiety that writing, writing to the editor might bring you, uh, I have just a few suggestions. Before submitting to a news outlet, have a friend read and edit your writing. Practice, maybe write letters to the editor, but don't submit them until you gain some confidence. Have your facts and resources on hand to respond quickly and to be accurate. Uh, timely uh, letters, to the Reddit, letters, to, letters to the editor are important. Um, don't hesitate because you're not a writer. We, are all, we all have something to say. And again, if you practice, I think that will um, help ease that process. And then finally, build your evidence in your letter in an orderly way with some various techniques. And I've got a few techniques here to help you out. Um, these three techniques are quite helpful, I think. Repetition, again, uh, questions. So you add, you're at, in a sense asking your audience a question so they have to think about that in that terms. And then using quotes uh, is also helpful. This particular letter, uh, example is from a letter that, to the editor that I wrote regarding the devastation of bird flu uh, here in Iowa two years ago. So I started out with a question. How much should a dozen eggs cost? And then the quote, Mr. Rust said, our customer base is demanding the lowest cost possible. And that causes us to put 6 million chickens on one farm. When something like this, the bird flu happens, 
just that one farm going out of production can cause the entire market for eggs to go up five cents a dozen. So of course I added a few more paragraphs to build up my, um, my argument about the cost of eggs. And um, I ended my letter to the editor again with a repetition of the same question. How much should a dozen eggs cost? When I hand $4 to a farmer and she hands me a dozen fresh eggs, we are helping to build our community. Of course, letters to the editor should be actionable, give your readers some, some positive action that they can take, and they should also be timely, uh, if, especially if you're responding to a particular report or event. So this last uh, February 7th, I wrote a letter to the editor um, uh, responding to a report uh, from the day before. I wrote, your February 6th report hit a nerve with many Iowans. In fact, Iowans have been fighting this concentrated confinement model of raising livestock for 20 years or more. Another letter that I had written um, asked our supervisors to take some action. And I ended that letter by saying, county supervisors can step up and be leaders, but they need the backing of county residents. Call your supervisors to let them know you want whatever now. So again, you might wanna leave your readers with an action to call to write, maybe to march, or maybe even to vote. I think it's helpful um, to be descriptive, sometimes to paint a picture when you're writing, to give, a, to give your audience a, um, a better idea of what it is that you um, are talking about. Uh, one positive example that I had written uh, that was rather descriptive was talking about the importance of agriculture in our rural area that support our rural areas and farmers on the land, people living out here in the country. So I started it out this way. As I took an early morning walk around the farm, a skunk with his distinctive black and white fur scurried across the gravel road. Back at the farmstead, a woodchuck sunning himself outside the old corn crib raised his head as I went by. The monarchs fluttered into the air when my presence disturbed them. Another example I have here is one that paints a picture that's not so positive, but I felt it was important to do. To add, it added um, clarity to the, the letter that I had written. This one says, the only instances that most of our children see a pig are when it's bloated and stiff body is sticking out of a dumpster or when a snout or an eye can be glimpsed from inside the transportation trucks met on the highway. Um, the language that we use is also important. I think it's also, it's a, it's, it's a good idea to introduce language that's contrary to the dominant narrative that people normally hear. Um, sometimes you might want to give a description of what that, that language means, but you don't always have to. Sometimes you can let your reader um, investigate further. So I have three examples here that use um, some language that may not be as familiar with most of our readers. Um, and I wanted to introduce that. The first one on the left, people understand that how our foods are grown has a huge impact. Food companies are using this concern to labor the, label their products as sustainable with such little real accountability that is, it is often simply greenwashing. And then below that, another example, an industrial agriculture system that relies on intensive 
specialized production is profitable by externalizing the true costs. And then in my other example on the right, we could explore the many ways to support farmers and food production that focuses on a resilient agriculture system that creates food sovereignty for our communities and our state. So again, the word, the language that I was introducing that probably is not as familiar to most of my readers um, as maybe some of you are, uh, resilient, food sovereignty, greenwashing, and externalize. I encourage all of you to listen, listening today to speak out uh, because know that your voice and the voice of each of us does matter, um, whatever this issue is. There was the quote on the left is the beginning of a letter to the editor that I wrote, one of my longer pieces. Um, and I wanted to recognize that we all have busy lives. We all have many things that we're concerned about. So I was encouraging people to, um, when they spoke to their legislators about one issue, that they also remembered this other issue that I was speaking about um, that I felt was connected. So I started out by saying, there are many injustices in this world, too many for a single person to focus on them all. So each of us must choose to fight those injustices that hit our homes and our hearts. And again, as I say, I was encouraging people to my, to my readers to be aware of this particular issue, even as they uh, focus on their own issues in their own lives, connected, making the connection with um, all of the issues that we speak up on. So the responses, um, this was um, um, an important part of uh, letters, writing letters to the editor. What happens then afterwards? I did find that uh, many of my letters have been shared on social media. In fact, one of them, uh, people were, um, uh, my friend, uh, people who I uh, know have responded well and shared it on social media to the point that it got on a Humane Society's uh, Facebook page. And so many, many people got to read that one. So uh, that could be a caution if you don't want your name out there quite so widely, you might wanna be um, put some restrictions on that. But it's, it does show that the words that we write uh, do have a wide audience. Um, I have gotten lots of encouragement from friends and family, which is really helpful. I do admit that it's most, I've heard mostly silence from my larger community. Um, I haven't, I have not heard um, the animosity that my mother felt, which is very important. I think a lot of people in my community would like to speak out, but they don't. Um, and, and so uh, the fact that they haven't really said too much, um, it doesn't surprise me. And I think that's okay because I do know that time is needed to really see the change that we're looking for. Thank you, Patty. That was awesome. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and we're going to move on to Angie and Anna's presentation. And then looks like we're going to have plenty of time for questions at the end too. Um, I think there's a couple people who are maybe calling into this and can't see the webinar. And I just want to remind everyone that I will be sending out a recording of this and I can sound out the slides to everybody too, um, so that you can have this info. You don't feel like you have to take notes or anything like that. Um, so if Angie and Anna want to go ahead and get started, I'll pass it over to them. Great. Thanks, Ash. I, uh, this is Angie Carter, and Anna and I are going to be leading the second part of this webinar about letters to the editor as grassroots campaigns. So moving a little bit beyond the personal 
stories that Patty shared to talk about how you can use these letters to start doing some organizing in your own community. Move on to the next slide. So I have been a board member and involved with WFAN for the past seven years. I cycled off the board last year and have worked with Anna Kruzik a lot we met in graduate school and have done a lot of organizing around food justice, conservation, food sovereignty, and extreme energy in Iowa. Um, and this is Anna Kruzik. And as Angie mentioned, um, Angie and I have worked together on a number of projects. I'm currently with Food First or the Institute for Food and Development Policy. And so I'll be talking about, we'll both be talking about letters to the editor and how you can use them to build a local campaign. And when we talk about a letter to the editor campaign, we're talking about having different people in your community or in your group uh, collectively planning um, some strategy around getting these letters in local papers or statewide papers. And usually the timing of that is really important because it's often before a certain bill is being heard in a legislative committee or before a state institution is making a decision on something or before an event that you might be planning. And it's a very important tool for doing community organizing because it can help to change public perception, lift up different issues in the media that maybe the media aren't coming right, covering right now. And so on this slide, I have two examples of a recent letter to the editor campaign that some of us who are organizing against the Dakota Access Pipeline in Iowa did. You can see that they're both from early December and there are different people who are writing from different places in the state, but they were trying to urge the Iowa Utilities Board to revoke the permit for the Dakota Access Pipeline. So we were sending these letters to papers across the state in advance of a date that we knew the Iowa Utilities Board would be meeting to make this decision. And here I have some other examples also from the Dakota Access Pipeline fight here in Iowa from September. Um, we were a little discouraged by the media always only talking to landowners in our state and not also talking to community members. And all of us live downstream. We're all influenced by this pipeline's construction. And so we really wanted to raise up uh, the concern that water, the health of our water affects all of us in the state, the health of our land affects all of our, us in the, our state, and that this issue should really be a statewide issue that's being made, um, the decisions are being made with the collective good of our state and citizens in our state in mind. Um, and so here we were trying to raise up um, attention to the Des Moines River and water quality and soil health um, to try to create a new narrative about pipeline resistance in our state move on to the next. And so I'd like to talk a little bit about how a letter to the editor campaign, as Angie discussed, can be a part of a broader organizing campaign. So first, I just kind of want to introduce, like, what is a campaign? Um, so really, there's many different types of campaigns, like Angie talked about. Um, a campaign might be an effort to stop a pipeline, for example. It might be protecting farmers um, from pesticide drift. 
by a particular legislation at the state house. It might be supporting local food systems development through a specific um, bill or initiative at the local level. level. So basically a campaign is a series of um, collaborative actions that are intended to achieve a particular outcome. And again, those, those outcomes could, could really range. Um, so one way to get started is really to connect with other people. Um, so campaigns take people and they take grassroots power. Um, so you need to connect up with existing campaigns or connect with um, allies and colleagues that might be able to, to help start a campaign with you. Um, and one way to do that is connecting through listservs that you might already be a part of through local community groups or through church networks or through your ag community or um, organizing groups. Maybe take a look at Facebook groups or Facebook pages that you're a part of. Um, and also looking look at existing organizations and groups. Um, the WFAN listserv is really a good place to start to identify like-minded women, for example. Um, if you're not already a member of the WFAN listserv, if you type your email into the chat box, um, Ash can get you signed up. Um, but this campaign overall is basically just different types of actions that are intended um, to work towards a singular goal. So a letter to the editor campaign, so a series of letters to the editor, um, as Angie discussed, could be a part of a broader campaign, um, but there's also other facets to a campaign. Could we go to the next slide, please? Um, so to give an example of like these other facets of campaigns is, um, again, visiting the Dakota Access Resistance in Iowa example, is that community members were united in stopping this pipeline, but for many different concerns and took many different actions. And writing letters to the editor was really, I think, a really big part of lifting up this broader campaign. So people were writing letters to the editor about eminent domain, about water pollution, and the importance of how um, water health impacts all of us and soil health. Um, people were also talking about climate justice, indigenous sovereignty, and public health. Um, and so you have all of these different topics that people are covering, and you also have all of these different ways in which people are working on those issues. Um, so a letter to the editor might be one of them. Maybe people are up at the state house talking to their representatives and lobbying them. People are planning actions or marches or um, solidarity events. So there's all of these different ways in which we can really lift up the ultimate goal of the campaign, um, which is to stop construction of the Dakota Act access pipeline. So letters to the editor in this um, fight, I think, played a really big role in lifting up these different and diverse reasons that one might want to get involved in this campaign and one might want to support the campaign. Next. So in creating your campaign and working with people, whether they're from your community or different a nonprofit group that you might connect with across the state. It's important to put down some key talking points to, as we saw in that previous slide, gives people some targets for what they might write about and help to give people some material that they could take or adapt or just use as inspiration for their personal um, takes on those letters to the editor like Patty shared. So in our work, we were a diverse group of organizations across the state of Iowa. Women, Food, and Ag Network was a part of the resistance to the Dakota Access Pipeline. And some of the groups were very interested in landowners' rights. Others, like Anna shared, it was 
questions of indigenous sovereignty, climate justice. And so we try to distill all of these diverse concerns into a few key talking points that then we could share across social media, we could post to websites, to listservs, and give to people as tools to start drafting their own narratives and their own stories that they could share in these different ways Anna talked about. Move to the next. So in Iowa, our coalition has been called the Bakken Pipeline Resistance Coalition, uh, doing work to try to stop the Dakota Access Pipeline. And the three key talking points that we developed over time together were focusing on landowners' rights, health of soil and water, and the rights of future generations. And these are pretty broad, but everybody was bringing their own personal stories to these, as Patty shared, from where they were located in the state, from their personal stories, from their family's histories in the area. And so they were making these broader talking points very personal, but it helped us to be able to rally around these three points over and over again, because we were able to get the media to start talking from this frame of reference and to shift some of the discussion that was happening in our state. So another aspect of campaigns that you might want to consider participating in is collaborative op-eds or opinion editorials. Um, and this is another type of writing that you can submit to your local newspaper, regional, statewide, national newspaper. Um, op-eds tend to be longer than letters to the editor. Um, they're usually around 800 words, but um, different publications have different requirements. So definitely check with the newspaper before you submit. Um, one idea is to get representatives from a key local from a few key stakeholder groups together to submit an opinion editorial. Um, and this can really be, I think, a powerful display of the diversity of opinions supporting a particular end goal of a campaign. So one example might be talking about, um, you know, pesticide exposure, exposure among children. And you might have representatives, let's say, um, a teacher, a nurse, and a farmer all talking about this from diverse perspectives but are united in their effort and concern over this issue. Um, and the good thing about op-eds um, in, in comparison into letters to the editors that you really have more space to explore the complexity of an issue and more space to discuss um, you know, those diversity in opinions and, and the nuances of a particular argument. Um, so I think it's a really powerful tool, again, that you can use as a part of a broader campaign um, to help lift up some of those alternative discourses that Patty talked about um, into the dominant narrative in your community. Um, one idea is to also, you know, you can take letters to the editor that you and maybe um, friends or colleagues have written and can use those as the foundation um, to, to begin writing, I think, a longer or a more in-depth piece, such as an opinion editorial. Next slide, please. Um, and then I just want to note to keep your writing, and this says keep your letter to the editor working, but whether it's an opinion editorial or a letter to the editor, whatever it is, keep it working. Um, so this is pretty I think this is one of the fun parts about writing a letter to the editor is that it doesn't stop there. So let's say this week you draft a letter to the editor on a particular issue of your choice. Um, you can use that letter to the editor as a part of an ongoing campaign pretty easily, which is exciting. Um, so for example, you can use that 
uh, revise it and use it as a blog to submit to another publication. Um, so maybe there's publications that accept blog pieces that are a bit longer than your letter to the editor. So you can use your letter to the editor as like a foundation to expand upon some of those points and submit it to a community blog. Um, you can also do this for a speech at a community rally or testimony at a public meeting. Um, so I've done this pretty extensively where I've written a letter to the editor and then used that letter to the editor as testimony. For example, my speech at the Iowa Utilities Board when they were um, taking public comment on whether or not to um, approve permitting for the Dakota Access Pipeline. That was writing that I had previously done that I had used as a foundation um, for these public comments. And then I took that um, and actually used those comments for a community rally, actually several community rallies later on. Um, so another idea, you know, is to, to take those comments that you've taken the time to get down on paper and take them to these different aspects of campaigns that we've talked about and just sort of keep recycling and reusing the work that you've put into it. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Women, Food, and Agriculture Network's Plate to Politics podcast. Our theme music is by Expendable Friend, and the song is Song for Remen. Thank you to our sponsor, Rachel's Network, for making this audio leadership training program available to the women in our network. We hope you'll tune in next time, and until then, please go to wfan.org slash plate2politics for more resources. <laughs>